Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 Hello, everyone, and welcome to a not-so-live edition of Orlando Magic Live. Uh, this is Phil Frostenreich of Orlando Magic Daily. I'm joined, of course, as I am every week, at least until about Christmas, by Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post. Zach, it's good to be back quasi-live, question mark? <laughs> I mean, it's live for us, and as the children are saying these days, it's lit. It is It is lit, and last night was was really lit at the Amway Center. Um, I didn't get a chance to do a, a pod, recap podcast because I was just very, very busy, and, and you know we're obviously chatting about a lot of different things, um, which we'll share a little bit, I guess, and chat about here uh, in the next uh, 30, 40 minutes, maybe hour, however long we need to go. Because um, we've got a lot of catch up on since the last time you and I did a did a podcast. But last night's Magic game, I mean, what else is there to say? It's it's pretty much. I mean, last night's Magic game is pretty much a recap of every game since our last episode of Orlando Magic Live, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty telling when you you were sitting courtside last night. I was up in the media lounge, unfortunately. Um, I turned to everybody that was up there with me and I said with about seven minutes left, that they would end up losing that game. It, you know, the, the pessimist in me comes out more often than not, especially with this team as it's currently constructed and how they're playing. And they were still playing the second-best team in the league last night. The fact that they played them as strongly as they did for, we'll give them, what, 44 minutes last night? I mean, I'd give them, I mean, i Skiles was aiming for 40. I'll give him 40. Was, yeah. I mean, it was... Somewhere in that 40 to 42-minute yeah. to range, as has been the case throughout much of the season. So it, it kind of felt like water was wet and the sky was blue last night. But yeah. I think I, I believe that you tweeted this. They don't have anything to feel bad about going into the break. No. They still... They, they beat a quality Atlanta team twice. They were a Kawhi Leonard jumper over Aaron Gordon when Aaron Gordon gave him a high five I thought, away I, from I, I was sitting courtside. I thought, he, I thought he got a piece of it. And it, was, it happened right in front of where I was sitting. I mean, I, I, I did not think Aaron could have done much more. I mean, I, when I looked on replay, I, maybe Aaron wasn't as draped on him as I thought he was when, when I watched it live. But he was right he, on him. Like, he contested that shot. Like, it wasn't, he, a, yeah. it wasn't an open jumper by any means. Yeah, he, and, he got a perfect contest on that. And, and, and as if to add insult to injury, the, the play the Magic ran, both the tie, the play the Magic ran to tie the game, I'm still like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's after 10. I can say this. I'm still orgasmic about that play they ran for Evan Fournier to, to tie that game. Um, that, was, that was probably the best side-out play they've ran this they, year. They and, underneath the basket, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, it was underneath the bat. That was the best. That's the best out of bounds play. Out of bounds play that they've run. And they've run some. Yeah, and they. I mean, they've run some decent plays. It's just as 
Skiles pointed out last night, it's an issue of they don't have anybody who can inbound the ball. Yeah, and it's it's a, I mean I think Skiles noted and, and I tried to write this because I, I wrote a sidebar looking specifically at the inbounds plays and kind of how it's a little bit of a microcosm of the team's struggles late in games. It, they get really tight and they don't. Yeah, they don't give the. I mean, I thought Skiles made a really good point. There, there's no deception on what they're trying to do. Like the inbounder, and, and that's, I guess that goes to, goes to the point that they don't have an inbounds passer. The inbounder is not looking off the guy, not um, you know deceiving the defense. The defense knows where the ball is going, so you know they don't set particularly good screens. What what made that play work with Fournier was how good the screens were and how good Fournier ran off those screens. And though I mean, every time. A player says, you know, the little things it takes to win games. You know, it's so cliche, but they are very little subtle things. It's going coming off a screen at the right angle so the guy, you know, gets in, enveloped in it or gets bumped off enough to to get free. It's getting after a loose ball before someone else can and getting it to to the right guy or or even just, I mean. To Elf, I mean, to I mean, the great debate in the locker room last night. Alfred Payton letting the ball bounce. Um, you know, do, was that the right move by him? Was that the wrong move? Did he have enough time to grab it and shoot it quickly from there? You know, he, it bounced and it went right into his path, and he had a you know a pretty clean look at the layup. He just rushed it and missed it. And you know, I don't like looking at individual plays like that to say that's why the Magic lost the game. The Magic lost that game because they turned the ball over like crazy and couldn't get a shot up in the last three three four minutes of the game. That's why they yeah. lost that game. They nearly they, lost they, the Atlanta game for the same reason. I mean, it, it's it, it's it's not the, the the it's very rarely that last play. It's it's the collection of plays leading up to it that that cost games. Right, and and that was something that Scott Skiles pointed to last night after following the game was, you know, they're getting beat to those fifty-fifty plays still, and and I think that that's the big thing that is costing them late games, you know, along with the fact that they get tight and stop doing the things that have worked for them for the previous, you know, 38 to 42 minutes. You know, then they start playing one-on-one and they don't have a guy that can do that right now. I mean, that that's, that's what it comes down to. So they'll learn. I, I think that they're, they're learning. I think that they made a couple of good plays late last night. Still, you know, obviously that that three that Evan Fournier hit to tie it, but they're 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 making progress late in games, even if it's still costing them. And look, they'll they'll end up getting the guy that can come come in and really help them in those situations. I think, be it by next week's deadline or be it in the summer. Yeah, and, and we're now at the All-Star break. Uh, the Magic, since the last time we, we did this kind of a show, and then we're not doing it on Google Hangout because we are recording it, and it'll be up on the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast uh, feed. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm sure Zach will, Zach will probably include it uh, somehow in, in his, uh, on Orlando Pinstripe Post as well. Um, I can get you that embed, the embed code will be available, Zach, when, when you need that. Um, but, uh, you know, we're at the All-Star break now. You know, the Magic came out of that, that dreadful January. We looked at that two-week stretch before the All-Star, All-Star game before the season started, and we're like, that's going to be kind of where the season goes to die. And really, it hasn't. 
and the Magic struggled a lot in January, two and twelve. Obviously, they've you know I think they've dropped sixteen of their last twenty. Does that does that sound right? Yes. Um, yeah, sixteen of their last twenty games. It's obviously not good. It's very not good. Um, that's what is, you know, twenty percent win percentage. I mean, that's 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 very not good. Um, they, but they're still in the playoff hunt, right? They're still in the playoff hunt. They've showed signs of life the last few weeks. Uh, ever really since that San Antonio game, I'd like to say. Or not the San Antonio game, the Boston game, that the second Boston game. With yeah. One, their, se- their second win of January on the last day of the month. Um, ever since then, they've really showed some signs of life. Um, and except for maybe the Los Angeles Clippers game, they've done good things to make you think, okay, they've reached the bottom now, and they're just starting to climb out and... Um, they're starting to climb. They're starting to climb out and just find themselves. They just need that little boost of confidence. Uh, looking at the two Atlanta games in San Antonio, do you think that they they found that confidence so that they can come out of the All Star break, um, regardless of what happens at the trade deadline? And we'll talk a, a lot about that um, in a little bit. Um, regardless of regardless of that, did, did the Magic get the momentum that they needed heading into the break? I think they did. You know. The big thing, and you know, it, it was still sporadic, but the the big thing that they can take out of these last three games is they found something defensively. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it's the fact that they had to go a little bit smaller with the lineup with um, Tobias Harris out with the ankle injury. You know, maybe it, it was just somebody finally getting into them and saying look, this is what you have to do. Be, be that Scott Skiles or maybe one of the veterans or, you know, an Aaron Gordon spoke up or, or Victor kind of took the bull, bull by the horns per se. and Or Tobias did even. Or, yeah, you know, just just somebody. And they, they just decided, look, we're tired of this. We've got to go and get back to what was winning us games. And I, I think that they've shown that and – I think one of the the big things that's helped them over the last two, two and a half weeks is the slow emergence of Mario Hazonia. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this amongst ourselves during games. Hazonia's earning his minutes because he's been one of the best players on both ends. You know, he he was... Dung for his defense uh, coming in, and while it's it's taken a while to get there, and it's, it's not perfect. You know, it's it's very hard to be perfect when you're adjusting to a completely different game, and you've played what 40, 40 some odd games. I, I don't know how many. Close, close to fifty. Yeah, um, he's, he's played in almost every game this year, so it's it's. it's not for lack of experience, but whether he's played meaningful minutes or not um, in every game, that, 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 would be the, that would be the question. Right, but you know, he's getting it, and, and that's that's a big thing. You know, we saw it in the Boston game, and then after that, you kind of saw the Magic have a little bit of that swagger to themselves. You know, they generally played San Antonio well in San Antonio. They just had that, you know, four or five minutes stretch when San Antonio just kind of imposed their will. You know, they probably should have beaten the th- the Thunder. You know, it, it took Kevin Durant 
hitting a 35 footer. And just great block from Serge Ibaka too. On yeah. The where Victor couldn't miss. And that you know they laid the egg in the Clipper game, but then they they bounced back with that really good performance on on Sunday. You know, obviously they had the fourth they had the issues. Yeah, the issues in the fourth quarter, which we both we both talked at length about. You know, highlighting the fact that they gave up uh, offensive rating to the Hawks of what 176 and change. One seventy. It was 176 something in the fourth. I think it was 176.2, and it was like 76.4 for the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah. That's just got to get one stop essentially. Yeah, but again, there, there's improvement there, and the big thing I think is is Hazonia. So you know, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong. Uh, you know, I don't think you're completely wrong. I think Hazonia's play has helped the Magic play better because there's no there's no doubt that the bench has been an issue this year um especially backup point guard uh which Hazonia's helped out a little bit with there there just isn't a guy there that um there, there just there just isn't consistency in the in in the bench like Jason Smith's been very solid but he, he doesn't move the needle very much I mean Hazonia helps spread the floor a lot um you know he, he's not quite ready to attack off the dribble yet at the NBA level uh, but right now, just him being consistent and, and being dependable on defense, like they know. I mean, he, he's, he you can see him honestly and earnestly trying to do the right things every time down the floor. Yeah. He's not he's not a difference maker. He's not a stopper yet. But you you can see the effort and the effort and energy is there. That he's he's trying to stay within what Skiles is teaching, and like honestly, and I've, I think I've said this. One of the big things about Skiles' defense is how important it is to, to close out guys, um, to, to get back from the middle of the paint when you're helping a guy out to the perimeter to challenge a shot. And Hazonia is one of the few guys that, that has kept up the habits that we saw at the beginning of the year, or has established them even, where he'll come with his hands high, he stops, he stops short but close, he doesn't get blown by as much as he used to, um, you know, he doesn't get lost trying to find the ball, he finds his guy, and, and that's just so huge for just building a, a, a defensive mentality or a defensive base. Like, he doesn't have to be a guy that's a, that's a you know, quote-unquote Kobe stopper. He doesn't have to be that guy to be a, a good defender. He, but he can still just be a competent team defender, and, and he's starting to figure that out. And, like, yeah. everyone – I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but on Twitter I get a lot of grief about Mario Hazonia. Um, people want to see him play. People want to see him succeed, and they feel like he's struggling, and feel like oh, the Magic just wasted the number five pick in the draft. You know, Kristaps Porzingis is running is running laps around people. Um, there are got you know Justice Winslow would be a better fit for this team. Stan, you know, Stanley Johnson would be a better fit for this team. And I and I mean, I just tell them like, look, the, the Magic drafted him knowing he wasn't going to be a major contributor this year because they're they're playing stock at that position. And they felt like he was the best player available. And at that high in the draft, you take the best player available and you develop them. The, the NBA draft is about de- development. It's not about who can help you immediately in most cases. Um, the, the guy you, Taking the guy who's a quote-unquote sure thing is typically how you get a guy with a low ceiling that is going get, gonna to get, gonna get you embarrassed when you pass over the guy that develops into a star. I mean, And, and at their position at, at five, was there – really anybody that was a clear cut you know he's gonna come in and make a, a big impact right away 
I mean, I think Winslow could have on the defensive end, but his shooting would, would be a huge problem. I mean, he shot the ball better you, you than can't, people you, anticipated, but but with this group, I mean, he's not going to probably yeah. get the same shots because there, there are so few shooters on this roster. Yeah. Um, like there were questions about every single guy that the Magic were looking at, whether it be Hazonia, whether it be Stanley Johnson, whether it be about Willie Cauley-Stein, whether it be about Mario Hazonia, whether it be about Justice Winslow. They all had questions. Um, you know, the, the article that came out on the vertical about the Knicks' pursuit of Kristaps Porzingis made it very clear who the Magic really wanted. Right. Um, and obviously he wasn't there for them to take, so it's, it's really a, a moot point to even... Uh, really, it's, it's really a moot point to say, oh, the Magic should have drafted Kristaps Porzingis. They didn't have a chance to. They, they would have been all over that if they had a chance. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. They did their research. They are ready to draft him last year. But, but I, I and I wrote this, you know, I, I thought that he did the right thing. Oh, he absolutely did. Um, certainly financially he did. Because uh, getting drafted 12th is very different than getting drafted 4th. Um, it's, probably a, it's probably a difference of, what, three, four, three, two, three million dollars per year? Yeah, something, something around there. Ten million dollars over the first five years of his career. But, uh, but no, yeah, but, uh, but you know, Zonia's been good. I think we've seen good growth from Aaron Gordon. Um, he looks a lot more comfortable. He's, he's certainly found a niche and a role within this team, which is which is good. Um, I think Aaron Gordon's been the best player on this team the over last, the last month. Yeah, I agree. Um, certainly the most consistent. You, you don't you know what you're getting from him every game. And you know, even when his shot wasn't falling like it was last night, he was still a monster on the boards, and he still. He played really good defense on yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. yeah. You know, Kawhi, Kawhi still finished with, I think, 29 on the night. but And he shot the ball well, and, and, and Fournier was on him most of the night. They had Gordon guarding Duncan or whoever the power I... forward was for most of the night, and, and we were just waiting for them to put Leonard on him or put him on Leonard. And when he got on Leonard, he did a, he did a good job against him, generally. And, and he, Leonard's, he Leonard's did a, a superstar. And he, he did a fantastic job on Paul Millsap on Sunday. Yes, I end on Monday. So, and, you know, I, I made this, this point last night that if Stephen Curry wasn't doing what he is doing right now, I think that Kawhi Leonard's the league MVP. I would have a hard time arguing with you there. Um, I don't think anyone else is playing at the same kind of level as, as those two guys are. Um, and and the the thing is, you know, maybe Kawhi doesn't score thirty a night, but what he doesn't, he might not do every night scoring wise. He makes up for defensively. Yeah, yeah, he's he's probably the best two way player in the league right now. Yeah, it's I, him I, and Jimmy Butler. I I don't even know if that's close. Yeah, I don't know if it is either. I think Butler's defense is fallen off a little bit because he's been trying to do so much more offensively yeah. and of course he's hurt now so yeah. yeah well you know we you know we obviously touched on Jan on january and january leads into february that's that's all we, that's all we needed to touch on was we just needed to touch on january january didn't happen yeah well it did but that's why the magic are, are now you know three and a half games out of the playoffs but just three and a half mm-hmm. games out of the playoffs and we're not out of that conversation yet so the magic you know, as, as, as much as the sky was falling in January, a lot of the Magic's goals are still within reach. Um, I think you and I have 
agreed for most of the year. The players and the coaches need to believe that they can make the playoffs, and that should be their goal. And if they miss the playoffs, everyone should be disappointed. Management, though, I think should be a little less disappointed in that. Um, you know, they should be disappointed that they missed the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. This this organization should want to make the playoffs in 2016. I agree. But I don't think the like expectation or the or the failure threshold, if you will, is the playoffs. They wanted to be in the playoff conversation, play meaningful games in March and April, and it appears they're on track for that. You know, if you if you would have told me um, in October, and I've said this a few times in a few places. Um, if you would have told me in October that the Magic would be 23 and 29 at the All-Star break, I would have been thrilled. Would, would you have been thrilled? Yeah, I, I think that everyone would have been pretty happy with that. You know, that's, you know, I've, I heard, I've heard some people talking about it, you know, are they passing or failing in the first half of the season? I would say that they passed with flying colors because – when you're two wins away from your win total from the previous season and you're only 52 games in, that's that's good. Yes, that's very good. So, look, there's still shortcomings. Yes. We, we all know that. There's always going to be shortcomings. No, no team, not even the Clippers, or the, uh, not the Clippers, the Warriors are perfect. I don't know. They're pretty close. Yeah, they're they're, they're probably <laughs> the the closest to perfect that you're gonna get, but you know, to be at 23 wins, sniffing the playoffs, I don't think they make the playoffs. You know, I, I've I've kind of hung hung pretty tough with that one. I didn't think that they were a playoff team to to begin the season. I still don't think they are. They still have a, a really tough schedule coming up. They still, yes, they do. They still got that West Coast trip. They got to play Golden State twice. Yeah, they have to play Golden they State. They got to play twice. Dallas twice. They play they play Golden State and Dallas each the you know the first week out of the out of the break. Yeah, and they got yeah the schedule the schedule is going is going to be difficult. But I, but the question I wanted to what I was what I was kind of leaning toward was yeah so you know we're both in agreement that. We're both in agreement that the Magic had a successful first half to the season. Yes. They accomplished a lot of the goals they wanted to accomplish in this time period. They're right where they want to be. Yet, it's also very clear that there's a need for some type of change. That going to that that this team is both capable of being the team that went 19 and 13, and also capable of being the team that went two and 12. In January, uh, nineteen and thirteen in, in October, November, December, and two and twelve in January. In January, the fact that this team still has the capability, and, and as we've seen in these games, even though the Magic are playing better and playing well, they just don't quite know how to win games yet on a consistent basis, or without, you know, or I don't want to say comfortably, they don't know how to finish games as far as like just putting it away, just just making that one play. That ends the game. And, and by that, I mean um, the Oklahoma City game, I think, is a perfect example. The Magic were up two with about two minutes to play, and they had three possessions. They got, they got two stops, and they had three possessions to extend it to four. If they extend that lead to four points, that game is probably over. But each time down the floor, 
they were trying to force the ball to Oladipo, who had the hot hand, or they took they just took a really bad shot. And we saw, I think, a little bit of Wednesday night against San Antonio as well. Um, Alfred Payton, I think, took took a, a pull-up jumper from like 16, 17 feet early in the shot clock with the Magic up by, uh, up by a possession or up by four or something like that. And those are the kind of plays you can't make. Those are the kind of rushed, panic plays where you're, you're either trying to force something, be a hero, or, or whatever. You're not working for the good shot. And those are the plays the Magic aren't making. And the question has now become, can this roster grow into that? Or do they need something external to, to get them there? And, you know, the trade deadline is a week away. You and I are going to host a, a live show on Google Hangout. We'll, we'll get the links out to everybody beforehand where we're going to announce it here. We'll announce it as well in numerous other places leading up to it. We're going to do a live show probably starting around 2, an hour before the trade deadline. Yeah, and, if, if, if things get really crazy, we might move that up to, you know, 1.30, 1.45 Eastern. We'll, yeah. we'll both be around and be, be bringing you everything that you need to know about what the Magic are doing and, to be honest, what is probably happening across the league because... Yes, because it all, it's all connected. Yeah, the, the deadline... And we'll, we're going to talk more about this, obviously, but... We're going yeah, to get ready to dive in. Yeah, the, the deadline is... Ha, I think this year has the potential to be really busy as teams you know position themselves even with a, a generally weak class free agency class to try to have as much cap space this season as po- this off season as possible yeah you know, yeah you're you're gonna see teams making moves we already we've seen it with the the rumors that dwight howard could be available with the rockets you know we we've seen and and heard things that the Magic have supportedly been supportedly whew, reportedly been talking about and and looking at. So there's a lot, and yeah. whew, it it could get very hairy, and it could get hairy early. It, so it could. I mean, it's. I mean, we'll 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 dive right in here. So remember, that's going to be two o'clock. Thursday, February 18th, trade deadline day. The trade deadline is at 3 o'clock Eastern time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be having a live Google Hangout. It'll be Zach, me. We're, try, we're possibly trying to, trying to get some of our other writers in to break down the magic. We may have some other guests and surprises, but the reason we want to use Google Hangout is because it allows us to interact directly with you, the listener, with the listeners. Uh, so... Show up, watching the Google Hangout. You can ask us questions. We'll, we'll take and, and answer your questions um, and, and discuss everything that's going on around the league and, and specifically with the Magic at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, it's, it should be a good time. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go for maybe hour, hour and a half. The deadline's at three. You usually see some deals trickle in in the, in the minutes after the trade deadline. So we'll probably go till about 3.15, 3.30. We'll see how much, how much steam we have. Uh, going, the Magic, of course, do not have another game before the trade deadline. Um, the All Star All Star break begins today after after the Thunder Pelicans game ends, uh, and then I know after the Wizards Bucks game. Oh, Wizards Bucks is still going on. Yes. Um, yeah, well, the Thunder Pelicans game ended before before they they even took took 
step on the floor. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, you know, they're, they're on the All-Star break now. you got the Rising Stars game Friday. Well, we'll talk about the All-Star break in a little bit too. Um, the Magic do not practice until Wednesday. It's a long break, and then Thursday is the trade deadline. The Magic play uh, – they start off with the Mavericks on Thursday – on Friday or the Pacers? Uh, Mavericks on – Mavericks on, on Friday. Friday and the Pacers on Saturday – or Sunday. Sunday. Um, but but before we go too much farther, um, our bo- – I know I'm speaking for both of us here. Um, both of our, our thoughts and prayers are with former Magic player and now – um, Thunder assistant coach Monty Williams, after his wife uh, tragically passed away the other the other night after a car accident. So uh, we're sending our our thoughts, prayers their way um, in this tough time. You know, yeah, five kids and absolutely. And Monty Monty is a really good person. Yeah, um, he was. I mean, another another magic connection. Um, you know, after what happened with, with Ryan Anderson and, and his fiance, Monty Williams was someone very, very important for Ryan um, right after it happened. If, if you don't know that story, um, look up uh, Lee Jen- look up Lee Jenkins' profile Jenkins. on Ryan Anderson. But yeah, that's that's, that's, that's in... mo- like one of the more important things you'll probably read. Um, that that's a that's online. a must read for any basketball fan, I think. Yeah, yeah. and Monty Monty is. Just a really, you know, from I believe he won the DeVos and Richmond Award. He was he was in Orlando for I think three seasons. He started for most of two of them, um, in, in place of Grant Hill, yes. But um, I believe he won a DeVos Community Service Award. He, he's he's uh, he's a really good guy, a guy that's well thought of around the league. Um, you know, it, when when that came across the wire, um, it was just it, it was just shocking. Obviously, very sad, and uh, yeah, and, and it, 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 it obviously. I mean, the Spurs are in town. Bonnie Williams is a former sport, Spurs assistant. It, it, you know, I, I definitely believe that that it affected uh, affected you know them a little bit too. Um, yeah, we we saw we saw Greg Popovich kind of hurry into the the locker room pregame last night, and then he did not come and meet with the media. They they sent out assistant coach Etor Messina. So, you know, you, you knew it was some, something serious because, yeah. and and we didn't know we didn't know what it was at that time. And and, and Pop, you know, if, if you know if if you know stories about Greg Popovich, he, he acts like a really mean, tough guy, and kind of you know this this curmudgeon on TV during those interviews. That's really all an act. Like people who know Greg Popovich know he's a really kind person. He's fiercely loyal to to the people in his circle and. Um, you know, Monty Williams is one of those people, uh, for sure. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure the DeVos family has, has reached out to, reached out to Monty and his family and his family as well. Um, you know, I have, I have no doubt, um, that everyone in the, uh, in the magic family is, uh, is, is, is in pain right now over this and, and doing what they can to, to help, to help him. And, and, you know, what, you know, I don't know Monty Williams well. I don't. You know, you probably don't either. But, but as a Magic fan, uh, and as a Ma- and as part of the Magic family, in, in some way, you know, my I'm I'm sending my thoughts and prayers to him and and to his family as well, and, and to everyone that knows him. And you know, 
there's there's no there's no words. There's really nothing you can you can say and no way to transition out of out of this to 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 make it to make it sound yeah. better. And you know, not even just him being a part of the Magic family, just the NBA family as a whole. Yeah. So, um, that that was something that no, was I, I, was was tough to to see last night. Yeah, and so definitely appreciate it. Um, it, you know. It'll be a week later, but and and the Thunder obviously came to town already. It it, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic did some form of form of yeah. or recognition of it um, next Friday. Friday, yeah. Even though it'll have been a week later, and just it it's one yes yeah, horrible timing and it's all it's always yeah. it's always horrible timing like like it, it's always horrible timing, um, but. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, on a on a happier note, on a I'll, happier note, definitely I'm, tune into the definitely tune into the Google Hangout uh, next Thursday when we talk about the trade deadline. Yes, and I'm going to promote um, something that we're doing at, at Pinstripe Post. Um, we're lucky enough to be teaming up with the the Magic to host our first ever Pinstripe Post night. Um, Pretty much what we'll be doing is we have a special group rate tickets um, and we ask fans, readers, you know, whoever to help us by by buying tickets. It'll be $15 each. If you buy 10 or more tickets, you'll get yourself a pair of club level seats for the game for free. And um, all the tickets will be given to the Orlando Magic Youth Foundation who will bring underprivileged kids um, to a game that they otherwise uh, would not be able to get to. It's going to be a Sunday night game against the Memphis Grizzlies in April. And as I imagine some of you know who are listening that have children, uh, Sunday nights say they let kids come on the floor following the game to shoot layups. So that's something that we'll be, we'll be taking the, the group of kids that do get to go to the game down and you know we're hoping that if if this really works out well for us that we can you know possibly do something like the Phoenix Suns did with uh, Bright Side of the Sun the SB Nation site for them which was a Q&A session with their GM Ryan McDonough so um, I, I would I would very much appreciate it if if you guys could could help out you know even if it's just one ticket it it goes a long way because that could that could really make a kid's night or you know even year so that's something that that we're going to be doing uh so you guys can look forward to that yeah that's 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 awesome that that's that's getting done zach uh i'll i'll uh, you know i obviously go to games as media but i will definitely uh help you help out and purchase a ticket uh, for, for you guys, for you guys and, and help that out. I mean, you saw the story of, of basketball cop who was in town and, and they invited the kids that he played basketball with from the game, from the Gainesville community uh, on Sunday. And, you know, it's like, it was likely their first NBA game and they got to sit courtside. They got to meet Victor Oladipo. They got their photo taken on the court. Um, you know, little, little, I mean, little acts go a long way. Um, you know, yeah. you never know what's going to change a person's life and, you know, just what's going to make them feel happy, you know, for, for whatever reason. And, you know, it, it's a great, I mean, great thing that you're doing. It's a great thing that you and Orlando Pinstripe Post are doing, Zach. And, 
you know, definitely, I definitely support it and want to want to help want to help out too. Um, so definitely, definitely look definitely look forward to that and looking forward to getting more information about that. So be sure to check out Orlando Pinstripe Post um, for more details in, in the future. In the future, um, getting back now that we we did our little little interlude there, getting back to the next week of Magic Basketball. A lot of it's coming in the boardroom, obviously, with the All Star break. The trade deadline is a fun time. You know, I, I think you and I get a lot of it um, from just fans. Everyone wants change. Um, you know, we've looked at January and all the struggles that, that happened in January, all the things that were not, you know, that, that didn't quite fit and just kind of the lingering questions, the long-term questions about this organization. Um has brought some urgency to this trade deadline. There, there is definitely a sense of urgency uh, from fans, at least, that the Magic need to do something. Um, yeah. There are reports that the Magic are aggressively pursuing a veteran, whatever that means. Um, you know, they could be certainly aggressively pursuing them. Whether they'll give up something valuable for them is another question entirely. So, you know, make everyone make sure you read your rumors very carefully. There, as, as we'll, I'm sure, talk about with 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 one of them in, in just a moment, but. When you look at the Magic right now, what do they need to do at this trade deadline? What do they need to, to push this development, this rebuild forward that next step? I, or are they there? Or, or, or are, they, are they fine with what they've got? I think it's, a, it's kind of a loaded question because yes, to, <laughs> to an extent, they're happy with what they've got, but also... You know, and you and I have talked about this, and as well with a few other media members, the Magic need a true veteran presence. They need a guy, and we talked about you know a guy like a David West or even a Zach Randolph, somebody who will come in, you know, after the team loses a game that they shouldn't. Like last night, they shouldn't have lost that game. No, they should not have lost that game. You know, no matter how good the Spurs are. You're up 14 in the fourth quarter. You should be able to hold on. You know that they need a guy who will come in and you know flip a table. You know, grab a guy by their collar and and shake them. You know, they 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 need they need somebody to really step up and be a leader. You know, can they get that at the deadline? Maybe. You know, it, it's so hard to tell who is actually going to be willing to make any sort of move. And, you know, at the same time, you have to think who systematically makes sense for what the Magic are trying to do right now. Because, you know, I I mentioned Zach Randolph. If you get a guy like Zach Randolph, you have to change pretty much everything you're doing. You can't run your motion-based offense. You're going to have to change how you you cover defensively some sure he, he gives you a guy that will lead the team and you know add some toughness which they need but there's just there's a lot of other you know moving parts in there too um so i think they're they're happy but the be it small i think they'll still end up making a move I, th- I think that they probably end up moving Channing Fry, if, if anybody. I, I think that we both are 
in general agreement on that. And, you know, maybe they go and make that, that big splash, you know. You never know. Yeah, I mean, you never know. And, and, and we were talking a little bit before. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I you know, I read um, a, a report out there. Um, I'm not sure exactly where, but, you know, deals deals often don't come about till the very end of the deadline. So I, I've had a few followers say, when are the Magic going to make a deal? When are the Magic going to make a deal? Um it's not going to happen until Thursday. There's just no it's, reason. It, it, there's no. It's reason. not going to happen until Thursday at probably about two fifty-seven. Yeah. There's there's no reason to make a deal before then unless you feel like you're really pilfering a team and you don't want them to come to their senses. Um, that's typically what happens in those deals. Um, but there's no reason to do anything before dead before the deadline because you never know what's going to pop up. What what idea is going to come about? Um, that could be better, and you don't want to lose that opportunity. Um, it, you know, I, I, I tell people this all, all the time. Like, the, the seminal trade that, you know, really, honestly, put the magic on this path was back in December 2010. Deals don't get done in December, yet the magic traded away Vince Carter, Richard Lewis, you know, Michael Petrus, Marcin Gortat for essentially Jason Richardson, Hito Turkoglu, and Gilbert Arenas. You know, if not to say that. The hey, magic... whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, you're not you're not giving Earl Clark enough credit. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. And Earl Clark. Every everyone else did too. Okay, yeah, we all we love Earl. Earl's 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 a cool dude. Um, but uh, if you know, not to say that the Magic had the assets to make those deals, but a month and a half later, Darren Williams and Carmelo Anthony came available. That's the power of waiting. Yeah. You know, the, those opportunities came – they weren't open in December. They came open in January. I, the, the timeline's a little more truncated, but the opportunities on February 11th are very different than the opportunities on February 18th. You know, Dwight Howard all of a sudden appears to be, you know, rumored to be available. And, to you know, what is rumored and what is fact is also very different. And, and we'll talk about that, I think, in a little more detail in a little bit. Um, but to kind of answer the question that I posed to you, Zach, so, you know, at, at least so, you know, you keep, so I answer my own loaded question. Um, I agree the Magic are probably having the season they expected in many ways. Uh, and so everything that they do isn't, is still the same mentality. It's not to make 2016 better. It's to make 2017 and 2018 better. Yeah. What's going to make? What's going to push this team forward in its development? It may not be making the 2016 playoffs. I, I really think that the Magic's goal is we've got to be in position to make the 2017 playoffs, uh, without doubt. And I think that's where some of this panic from the two and twelve January came in. I think what happened in January was the Magic realized. This group isn't coming together. We've got to. We've got to force it. And and I did believe that the Magic would focus more on team building in the summer and making sure that they have the pieces that actually form a team rather than just a collection of talent. Which they're they're clearly a very nice collection of talent, but whether the pieces fit together as a team is another issue entirely. And that gets to the Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton backcourt question. How can you have two guards that can't shoot? 
the Nikola Vucevic really struggles on defense and has a rim protector problem, the Evan Fournier and Victor Oladipo problem that you have with their free agency. Um, you know, it, it's a, a lot of these questions would need to be answered. And I think what January did was put them in a little bit more focus and make the team realize, okay, these questions are very real and we need to aggressively answer them to salvage what we have without giving up too much. I, you know, we can go through all the rumors and, and we'll definitely go through a few of them, but like the Blake Griffin rumor that's that been connecting connected him to the Magic, to get him, the Magic would have to give up way too much. They'd probably have to give up, they have to give up Tobias Harris for salary reasons. They'll probably talk the Clippers into, into taking Channing Fry, but the Magic would have to take back Lance Stevenson. Uh, they would probably have to give up two of the four of Victor Oladipo, Mario Hazonia, Aaron Gordon, and a first-round pick. And the Magic aren't doing that. They're not, they're not emptying the cupboard for a guy that they have only for 18 months. And that's kind of the trap, that, that's kind of the situation the Magic are stuck in, is they, they need to make a move, they need to be aggressive, they know they need to add something, they need to add that veteran, like you said, and I agree completely with that. But they also don't want to sell the house to do so. They still believe in their guys, and they still want to, they pick, they still want to see them grow. They just need to pick which ones they actually believe in now, and that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, yeah. The the Blake Griffin thing, and and we've we've talked to some people, and you know we've we've kind of gotten a general sense that the Magic have have tried to do that. You know, I, I talked to Has one person. Who, yeah, and you know, I I talked to to one person who said that the Clippers aren't aren't dealing Blake right now, and there's there's no reason for them to. You know, m- maybe come the draft in July when they get knocked out in the first or second round, they realize that they need to blow it up or, you know, tweak it. Then that's when you think about, you know, moving him. But if you're the magic, the thing that I've, that I've been telling people is if you're going to make a move, you can't gut your roster to do that. Uh, unless that person is a committed to staying in Orlando for the next, let, let's say three to five years, bare minimum. Give you some time to build a team. Yes. So if if you're trading for a guy like Demarcus Cousins, you know, or or even a Blake Griffin, if both of them say, "Look, we'll give you time to build," especially in Blake's case, since he can. Especially if you can get the cap room, too. Like The cap room is, is a consideration to, to go after a free agent to, to pair with him. Exactly. You know, if that's the case, then you know maybe you consider doing it. Of, of course, then, then you have to ask yourself, is it really worth giving up Tobias Harris? Just say hypothetically, you're probably giving up Tobias Harris, Channing Frye, say, Victor Oladipo and Aaron Gordon to get a Blake Griffin and probably Lance Stevenson back. I, or, you know, in the, in the Kings case, you're, you're giving up probably that same group. You know, you, maybe you replace Nikola Vucevic with um, 
for Tobias Harris. I mean, is, is that really worth it at the end of the day? And again, it just it just comes back to if if they're willing to let you build a team around them, sure. But I and I, I think that we we're both kind of in agreement here. If a deal comes up that makes sense at you know in a week, then do it. But if it if it doesn't, then you wait until you know June or July after you find out where you're picking. Because if you if you have a top ten draft pick, especially in the draft, you know, maybe only that, not only not only that you teams have an understanding of where they are because of disappointment yeah. in the playoffs or they went further than expecting the playoffs and like we need this piece to stay in this and they're willing to trade some future assets to uh hang out to, to to get a, a quality guy and that that can help you too i mean yeah that that that's that's the big thing so i i to, to be honest like i i don't know right now like you know what they're going to do or w- w- which of these you know rumors that we've seen are actually legitimate and which ones aren't you know yeah and, and the magic are in a really they're just in a really interesting place i think um, it, it, they're just in a they're in a really I, 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 so much was written about it during this off season because of Last season, and, and I think you and I both agree on this, last season was a failure because we really should have been a- asking and answering these questions last season. Last season, yeah. And so, you know, we have that year of information, and now we have another year of information to help us figure this out. And and what's unfortunate is the Magic don't have a clear-cut guy that they can build around quite yet. And so that throws everything into question because – Everyone is essentially available. There's no one that is untouchable. There's no one that can attract a free agent. They're just so reliant on internal improvement that it's almost worth it to to trade a lot of assets to get that guy that kind of centers the roster and gives them a star, which most people would agree you need in the NBA. Um, At various times, we thought Victor Oladipo could develop into a star. At various times, you know, Tobias Harris had a lot of those qualities. At various times, Nikola Vucevic has had a lot of those qualities. But none of them have done it consistently enough to give you the confidence that this is the guy we can push forward. This is the guy that will sell free agents on what we're doing and what we're building here. It's just so – it's still so uncertain. And that's where I think because this is the second straight year that maybe that's happened, that's where some of the urgency has come into – bring in a veteran and kind of push the rebuild along a little bit. And, and Rob Hennigan's admitted that he thinks that maybe the team's a little too young, that he didn't supplement the youth on the roster enough. And, um, you know, I think that was something, I, I mean, I've, I've made this point before, I think on, on, uh, on a show with you as well, um, you know, that, that it almost felt like they, they traded away uh, Jameer or Aaron and their locker room presence like a year too soon. Um, but yeah. you, can't, you can't look back and, and get those back. You just have to find a way to, to get that now or to get that thing that you feel you're missing. Um, and, and it's not easy. It's certainly not easy. Um, 
And, no, and, and it's not. And, and when you're in the trade market, you're essentially trading each other's trash. As I've had it put to me, there's a reason they don't want. Certain, there's a reason they're trading away the guy they're trading away. Yeah. Um, so. so that's that's the difficulty of rebuilding, to be frank. And and the magic, you know, we we talked about this crapped out on the lottery, and that's kind of the situation they're in. They're 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 knocking on the door. They're they're close, like. You know the fact that you know they're in the playoff conversation again. Like they're close, but they're missing that little bit, and and finding it and finding the right fit is so difficult. And that's where that's where GMs make the money. This is where you know there has been through the two and twelve two and twelve January there was criticism of Scott Skiles, and there's been criticism of Rob Hennigan. This is the time you know, and and I think you and I are both kind of in the boat that. Hennigan's done the best with what he's been given and the circumstances he's been given. But at the end of the day, this is still a results league. The Magic have not been to the playoffs in <coughs> three years now. You know, it could be four, which I believe is the, would be the longest absence from the playoffs in Magic team history. And so the question becomes, so, so now it's on Rob Hennigan. This is where he has to make his money as a general manager and build a team that can end that streak, that can, that can take that step forward and not – take step back steps back or not take a large enough step forward yeah that's um th- this this summer is it's critical i, I, I don't want to say it's make or break for rob hennigan but it's probably make or break for rob hennigan I, if they I'll, don't i'll put it i i would put it this way ever since they traded dwight howard Magic CEO Alex Martins has said, we're in it to win championships. And there's a lot of theories on how you build a championship team. And for the first time in Magic history, they went through the we're going to build through the draft the, you know, theory of building. Yeah. I think – I certainly think there's pressure to make the playoffs next year. And I think Alex Martins believes in the plan that Hennigan is, is implementing. And frankly – I believe in the process and 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 the plan that they've put forward. Um, I even I even agree with how it's been executed for the most part so far. They've just had rotten luck, and there isn't much they can do to get out of it. They were in such a hole after Dwight Howard was traded that it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint where they went wrong if championships are the goal. What I think might change very soon and it might have already changed, is from a business sense, the team would rather just make the playoffs and then figure out how to climb out of mediocrity than do the patient building through the draft that they've done with the goal of winning a championship. They may take on a high-priced player who's a quasi-star just to be relevant even if that team does not have any ceiling. And, and it's not to say that this Magic team has a ceiling to win, has a championship ceiling yet either. Um, it, either way, you're kind of stuck. And that's kind of where I think they are. I think Hennigan's been, been very patient. He hasn't rushed into any deals. He hasn't spent money just to spend money, um, which, which the Magic have been guilty of on occasion. He, H- hasn't, he hasn't tied up their cap in such a way that they're completely hopeless that they don't have any chance at anything but at the same time that's also held them back 
Yeah, and like, you know, like like the, the perfect example is the Eric, is is the rumored Eric. Bl- I mean, talk about trade rumors. The Eric, uh, and I know I've talked a lot, a lot here, but um, the Eric Bledsoe rumor with Aaron Aflalo. Like that, if the Magic wanted to just make the playoffs, that's the kind of deal they'd make. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> threw a lot, out I, th- threw a lot out there at you. <laughs> yeah, you did. And sorry about that. You know, uh, I've I've stood pretty pretty pat with this. I don't think Rob Hennigan's made. I I think that pretty much all of Hennigan's moves have been good. You know, you know maybe there's there's a misguided step in there. You know, Channing Fry just hasn't worked out. Channing Fry hasn't oh. worked out how they intended. He's he's worked out to an extent, just not as much as they needed him to. Yes, and and he didn't. He's not fitting with the guys like they the players like they they need him to. Um, but other than that, Hennigan, I think Hennigan's done a really good job. And you know, if that Eric Bledsoe deal was was a thing, which I think both of us are a little. I'm skeptical that it was real. Yeah, Just like I don't I'm skeptical think... about the rumor that we've teased a little bit throughout the show that I feel like we need to discuss and just kind of break down how to read an NBA rumor. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the, the big thing with reading an NBA rumor is, A, who's reporting it? Yes. Because if, like with the, the Victor Oladipo, Jeff Teague reported thing, that's why would Frank? That, by the way. Why would Frank Isola, who covers the New York Knicks, be reporting something like that? You know, if it's if it's a guy, it's close to the league office. That would be my only reason. Or there's a scout, but yes, yes. Two, you know, I, th- I think another big thing is which team would be leaking it and why. You know, a, a reported deal like that. It's clear that it, if Isola was actually given good information, somebody within the Hawks was the team that is leaking that information because that kind of shows, hey, this is what it's going to cost you to get a guy like this. Yeah. And the Magic are, I mean, and also understand who the teams are and what their policy is to the media. The Magic, you know, since Rob Hennigan took over, do not tell the media anything. If, yeah. if there's a rumor involving the magic, in all likelihood, it's you know not to say that it do, it isn't coming from the magic, but in all likelihood, it's not coming from the magic. They keep things very close to the vest. Yeah. So. Not to say that there aren't leaks within the organization. There are of, sometimes leaks within the organization. The, no matter how tight-lipped an organization is, there's always going to be leaks of some sort. But, you know, there, there's, you know, and then I, obviously the, the last and probably the biggest thing, does this deal actually make any resemblance of sense? You know. Which when you, I, I broke it down, um, I believe one of your writers broke it down. I think yes. we both agree that it's not, it, it doesn't feel like a deal the Magic would do. There's just too many questions about what to do with other pieces on the roster and, and exactly how Teague would fit in. Where does Teague fit in and what kind of impact does that have on Alfred Payton moving forward is the biggest 
biggest thing. Yeah. Man. Uh, do you have anything to add on, on how to... Uh, also look, I mean, it, when you're reading rumors, also look closely at the wording. The wording is important. These are, uh, these are writers, and while some of them are hacks like you and me, um, some of them are very careful with how they phrase things. So, like, when the Teague to Oladipo thing broke, if we can call it that, when it was first reported, everyone was like, is this really happening? Is this really happening? Is this really happening? And my response was, well, read the tweet. It said they had a discussion about it. They talked about it. Well, what could that mean? Well, understanding the motivations of why someone might leak that information Yeah, that, that of, course, could... of course they talked about it. Like, I'm sure the Magic have talked about trade ideas involving every player on their roster, as they should at this point. Whether it goes from talking to negotiating to anything serious, that's completely different. You and I are talking about it right now. You're probably getting in as many words about it as Rob Hennigan did, as Rob Hennigan was trying to as well, because... He was probably just sitting there like saying, I'll think about it, I'll think about it, I'll think about it. And that was it. I mean, I, we don't know. I mean, obviously we don't know. I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth. So, that I mean, we don't know. Um, the Magic right. could have been very interested in it, and I could be completely off base. But when it says they, they talked about it or they had discussions, that's not the same as a deal is imminent, a deal is being negotiated. You know, they're putting pieces together. They're, they're, they're spitballing. They're throwing ideas out. And then you have to remember – why is this getting sent to the press? And like you said, it's probably for a different reason. The, the, the things that get put in the press are probably the stuff that's the most far-fetched. Yes. And, and you know, w- with the wording thing, the teams could be talking. That could literally be Rob Hennigan calling, is Mike Budenholzer still the acting GM in Atlanta? I I don't think I think they got one now. He he called whoever he needed to in Atlanta and was probably like, so Jeff Teague. And then whoever was on the other end said Victor Oladipo. And that was probably the end of the conversation. That yeah. That's that's Very literally possible. possibly how some of these talks can go. Yeah. You know, and maybe maybe they're, they're not as shallow. You know, there, there's going to be more more talk in there. But they gotta maintain relationships and Exactly. And and you know after you're hit with well, it's gonna cost you all the depot, you probably say, Well, I could give you this instead. Then they say no and then you're like, Alright, we'll talk again next week. Yeah, exactly. We'll see where we're at we'll see where we're at, you know, a little bit, you know, keep shopping it around. That's enough. I mean, that's enough for them to say, "Oh, we had we talked about that." I mean, and it's clear with the Hawks, especially, that they're the ones initiating a lot of these discussions. I mean, the Magic are going after a veteran, and, and Jeff Teague fits that bill, and so it does make sense that yeah, that's the kind of guy the Magic are after. But at the same time, you know, the Hawks are also looking to make it to make, to make a change too. Yeah. So it's you know, need, needless to say, the next week is going to be 
very interesting. And, and you know, we're going to hear so many rumors and, um, you know, this player could be on the move, that player could be on the move, this team's talking to this team about these two players. We're going to hear all of it. Just be mindful. That, that, that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, we, we enjoy interacting with everyone. We do. But at, at some point, it gets old when <laughs> we get, well, is this going to happen? Well, no. They, they talked. You know, we can only answer that in so many different ways. But I think we're, we're getting here around the hour mark now um, to kind of begin to wrap this up a little bit. Before we can get to the trade deadline, we have All-Star Weekend. Yes, yes. Let's wrap, let's wrap up on, on a positive note. I think, I think we hit our, our trade deadline caveats pretty, pretty hard there. Um, All-Star Weekend in Toronto, it's going to be cold. Cold, yes. If, if you're going to Toronto, make sure you take your long johns and um, probably portable fires because you'll probably need to douse yourself with one. And don't, also, don't actually, and also don't actually do that. Will be lit. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we hit, the Magic have Alfred Payton and Mario Zonia playing for the United States and world teams, respectively, uh, tomorrow night, actually, in the... Yeah. Uh, is it still the BBVA Rising Stars Challenge? I believe it's still the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Is anybody going to break the trophy this year? Um, I just want the Kevin Durant horse trophy back. Yes. Um, that was, that was a, an amazing trophy. Probably the best trophy in, in NBA history. Obviously, with the, with the Rising Stars games, it's just like the All-Star game, it's just a, a fun game to see some of the the younger players in the league get a chance to go and play. For the the U.S. team is obviously head headlined by Carl Anthony Towns, who is running away and hiding with the rookie the, of the, the year. Fun, the fun thing with Carl Anthony Towns is he's American, but he plays international basketball for the Dominican Republic. Yes. So Team USA, go us, a. Eh? Um, you also have Jordan Clarkson from the Lakers, Rodney Hood from the Jazz, who has been very good. Uh, Zach Levine, who will be defending his slam dunk title against Aaron Gordon on Saturday night. Uh, Devin Booker was added today, replacing Sixers and Erlen Noel, who was hurt. Yes. Uh, Jalil Okafor, Jabari Parker, Alfred Payton, Ganser Russell, and then Marcus Smart. The world team is obviously headlined by last year's number one pick, Andrew Wiggins. Kristaps Porzingis, who is apparently a magical basketball-playing unicorn. That's that is his official nickname on. Uh, that is his official nickname on Basketball Reference. That's that's what we like to hear. Uh, rounding out the the world team, we have Dwight Powell from the Mavericks, Raul Neto from the Jazz, Emmanuel Mudiay. Uh, from the Nuggets, Trey Lyles was selected to replace the injured Nikola Miritich. Uh, Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets, Hazonia, Clint Capella, and then Bojan Bogdanovic. Phil, it doesn't really matter who wins, but who wins? 
I'm taking. I'm taking Team USA. I think the mix of towns. Um, what guards does Team USA have? Now I need to look at. Now I actually. I, Pey- I, I, I tried to Peyton, absorbing the D'Angelo Russell, uh, Marcus Smart, Jordan Clarkson, and Devin Booker. As Zach Levine and Rodney Hood are all listed as guards for the U.S. team. I may have to rescind that. I may take the world team. Let's. I'm going to take the U.S. team. Okay. I think I think that their combination of shooting with Rodney Hood and Devin Booker will be a little bit too much, and Carl Anthony Towns is a real deal. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly the real deal. Um, I am going to stick with. Team USA as well. I think they have better they have better guards, better point guard play, and that's yes. usually what wins these games. Uh, the prop bet that should be more interesting: more three pointers or more dunks in this game. More three pointers because Mario Hazonia. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Mario Hazonia feels like a guy who could take this game very seriously. Yes. And oh, could he would, he would potentially go out there and take this game seriously. He could potentially go out there and drop forty-five points on somebody. Yes, in, and in, he in will. He minutes. will probably. He will probably end up taking a, a vast majority of the shots on that world team, along with Andrew Wiggins and Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. Um, but my MVP pick will be Rodney Hood from the Utah Jazz. I I think that Hood will hit a have an onslaught of threes in the second half to help Team USA pull away. So he is my MVP pick to get the trophy that I believe Andre Drummond broke a few years ago. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to say that the MVP is going to be... I think the MVP is going to be Jordan Clarkson. Not, huh? not a bad pick at all. He'll have the ball in his hands a little bit. He'll get a few dunks. Shoot a little bit. I mean, it's it's yeah. This 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 is a game for point guards. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Towns wins MVP. Um, you know, just because he'll jack up a few threes himself. Um, I, Mark, I, 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 I'm actually in my prop bet. I'm taking the three pointers over the dunks. I think there's a lot more shooting in this in this game than than yes. usual on both teams. There's there's not as much athleticism. Yes. Yeah, you yes. you have your you have Zach Levine for the United States team, and you have Andrew Wiggins. Obviously, Mario Hazonia has been tabbed as somebody who could win a three point shooting contest and a dunk contest. So the world team has yes the the world team has a few guys that can can get up, but I would probably take that another prop bet. Okay does Mar- does Marcus Smart make more than two three pointers because? He's go, he'll see two magic players, so that's been a good luck charm for him this year from beyond the arc. <laughs> yes, yes, he will. It's the Rising Stars game. Um, moving has on to make at least two three pointers. Moving on to Saturday night, they uh, they got rid of the higher shooting stars, which Ooh, I like bumped. half court shooting contests. Um, we'll start with the the skills challenge, which is taking a new and I I like the new format that they're going with. I think that the big men versus the um, guards will be yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's got a really good field too. It does. You know, it has an interesting. Maybe, maybe 
they don't have maybe they don't have the quote unquote star cha- star power that a lot of people would like. I mean, they've but, got three pretty big players in there, plus the presumptive rookie of the year. Yeah, that's that's very true. Of course, uh, those three players. Of course, all four players I just mentioned are are, are bigs, are post players. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, on the big side, I uh, I made this pick the other night. I'm going to say Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I I think that that he is actually very a very talented ball handler, and, and the two of us were talking about it last night, it's going to come down to who can make the bounce pass. Yes. Of, of big men, which could end up being Draymond Green, who Does has a, yes, Draymond Green is, is a very good shooty hoops player. Yes, he is. Um, guard wise, who, let's see, Emmanuel Moutier is replacing Patrick Beverly, who's injured. It's Jordan Clarkson, Isaiah Thomas, and I'm missing one other person. C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum. I'm taking C.J. McCollum. Um, I think that he'll be able to make that jump shot on the first attempt, and that'll end up winning it for him. Uh, who do you have? You, you stole my pick on the guards. I, I, I'm taking McCollum out of the guards. I, I am drinking the C.J. McCollum and, juice this year. And uh, I'm taking DeMarcus Cousins um, because I believe in Pope Boogie for America. Uh, don't we all? He doesn't believe in Pope Boogie. He has direct contact with the Lord himself, Vivek Ranadine. Wait, what? Um, <sighs> that Kings team. The Kings need a win, so I'm going to give them this. So it's about yeah. the only thing they can win right now. Um, and then we have the overall champion. Then um, I will take CJ McCollum over. I will take. I will take just about. I, I don't know how if they're going to gerrymander it so. The bigs aren't expected to move as fast, but I, I, if, if, if it's a straight-up contest, I'm going to take, take the guards. I'm going to take the guards over the bigs, no matter who it is. So I'll take. I'll, I'll say McCollum wins the whole thing. I, I think that you know they're they're doing it in the usual order they do with the the skills competition, and then the three-point contest. I think the three-point contest will be the show of the night. At the end of the day, it'll be fun. You, you've got. The current MVP, Stephen Curry, James Harden, Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, J.J. Reddick, Chris Bosh, and Suns rookie Devin Booker in it. Um, a very, very strong field. Um, obviously, we know Stephen Curry could probably shoot from half court and still win the competition. Um, I mean, I think, I think if Stephen Curry loses this, Every NBA team is going to realize the only way to defend him is to make is him shoot not off defend a rack. him. Is to not defend him. <laughs> or is to not defend him, but is to make him shoot off a rack. What they need to do is just set up racks along the three-point line and just have him and not let him receive the ball via pass. That has to go on. He has to take it off a rack and then shoot it. Yes. Um, are Are you taking Curry to to defend his title? I'm not taking Curry. I'm either going to go with the hometown guy in Kyle Lowry or his cohort, Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson has a better three-point contest shot, like one that works off of a rack really well. That That's very fair. Um, of course, Chris I've Middleton. been wrong on that before because I didn't think John Sherna had such a shot. 
Um, if you've ever seen John Sherman shoot the ball, it is a weird push shot that he, he takes, and he won the college three-point contest. So I, I ate my words, and all the Northwestern fans made fun of me. Yes, um, I think Chris Middleton is a is a very solid choice. Um, Middleton's turning into a very nice player for the Milwaukee Bucks. But I am not going to go with him or Stephen Curry. I'm going to go with a little bit of a shocker here. Um, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm picking Devin Booker. The kid can shoot the ball. He can shoot the ball. But is the stage too big for the rookie? I think that the stage is his coming out party. Okay. I I think that Booker... Is this this the weekend of Devin Booker then? I think it could be. I I am sipping some Devin Booker Kool-Aid. And um, I'm going to take Devin Booker for the upset. Okay. Wow, that'd be quite an upset. Um, And as always, the Suns need a win. And so we'll, we'll give them Yes. Back. And then, well, the slam dunk contest, the, the show that everyone will complain about not being good enough and then won't... Even though it was ha- really good last year. Yes, it was, thanks to Victor Oladipo and, and Zach Levine. And Zach Levine. Um, All-time good, but still very good. Yes, very, very interesting field this year. Obviously, Levine is in it. Uh, Aaron Gordon from our Magic is will be participating, along with a candidate for most improved player of the year, Will Barton. Yes. And Andre Drummond of the D- Detroit Basketball Pistons. You know, we were talking about this last night. Drummond kind of feels out of place here a little bit. Yeah. You know... He's a he's a big seven footer, so he could if he does something like if he can go between the legs or something like that, that could be very impressive. Yes, for a big guy I'm, especially. I'm not sure he can do that. I think that he's up, up against some some stiff competition. Um, I think it's going to come down to Levine and Gordon. We we've both seen Aaron Gordon do some some crazy things. Yes. And I believe jump really high. Yes, and it's very impressive. I believe he even had a little bit of a teaser that he might pay some homage to Vince Carter. Yes, I believe he did say that Uh, in a radio interview today. It's going to be tough to beat Zach Levine, though. He was—he's really impressive. Um, but I'm going to take Gordon because even with Levine, I think Gordon may be a favorite. He he claims that he's never lost a dunk contest in his life, so that that's that's pretty good. And if he can do some of the stuff we've seen him do in the practice gym before, it could be game over. Yes. What say you, Mister Philip? I I agree. I think it's going to come down to Aaron and Zach. Not you, Zach, but Zach. Well. If I could dunk like Zach Levine. Yeah, who wouldn't? Um, I think it's going to come down to, to to Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And I think... I don't want to sound like a homer, so I think Zach Levine's going to end up taking it. I think he's going to have something up his sleeve. Reportedly, he didn't do everything that he could do last year. So... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say Zach Levine defends his dunk dunk title. Aaron puts Aaron pushes him, makes him do something really ridiculous, or someone misses a shot. You know that they yeah. try to do something and it, it just goes a little too far. I I know what Zach Levine's going to do that he didn't do last season. He's going to dunk the ball and himself at the same time. That would be impressive if he could do that. That's for sure. He, they should just end the dunk contest if, if he actually did that. And uh, maybe does, it doesn't matter as much to, to Magic fans since there's no Magic participants this year, but the show itself on, on Sunday night, I'm taking the Western Conference, uh, Stephen Curry. I'm taking the Western Conference as well. And I think that Kobe Bryant will be the MVP. This is is Kobe's weekend. If he wants to play in the All-Star game... Is it it Kobe beef weekend? It's Kobe beef weekend. If if Kobe tells the guys, hey, I'm playing tonight, they're going to do everything in their power to get him the MVP. Is this kind of like Jordan's last hurrah? Yes. I or think like, that's or like in 06, was it 06, 05, somewhere in there? Um, Tracy McGrady in Houston, when they tried really hard to get him the MVP, and LeBron and decided, no, the East is going to win today, and they didn't win. But I believe that was 06. Yes, I believe so. Um, but it should be a very interesting All-Star weekend, and it, it's just going to set up everything that's going to happen next week. Yes. Um, it's going to be a very, very interesting, uh, interesting end of the season. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of a breather. I won't lie. Yes. Um, well, Phil, we, we've we've gone a little bit longer than we planned. Yeah, um, I think so. We, we had, we had we, to make we had to make up for we had to make up for lost time here. Yes, and we had we had a lot to talk about. Even you know some sad things, some very happy things, and then. Some things that, at the end of the day, don't mean a lot. It's just arbitrary competitions this weekend. But you know, Who's, the real still going to be the, the real question is who wins the Blog Star MVP? Um, well, <laughs> you have you have your very own Carson Engel there. Yes. Um, again, so. If if he can manage to make it out of the Players Association party alive, <laughs> um, Carson everyone Carson who, could be up there. Everyone who goes to that party is a blog star in my book. Um, but my pick, uh, do we count Steve Kyler as a blogger? Hmm. That, that sounds like a debate for another podcast. We've gone yes. long. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep the inside jokes to ourselves there. Remember the official hashtag of uh, of Orlando Magic trade deadline 2016 is hashtag, hashtag Damn it Steve. Steve. Um, since since Steve Steve's broken a few uh, reported a few things, not broken anything, but but he's broken a lot of things, but has reported a few things about the Magic and always has great Magic coverage over at Ma- Basketball Insiders. But as always, you can get complete Magic coverage by reading both of our sites, OrlandoMagicDaily.com and OrlandoPinstripePost.com. Don't forget, we'll be joining forces yet again for a actually live edition of Orlando Magic Live trade deadline decision day, February 18th. Uh, we'll be broadcasting probably starting around 2 p.m. Eastern time. 
going until about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, breaking down everything going on at the trade deadline, what the Magic did, what the Magic didn't do, what the Magic should have done, what the Magic could have done, and also talking about uh, promotion relegation in the Premier League on top of that. That's not true at all. Um, go well, for, go, well go for we, we, we could be talking about that in the championship, though. No, no, we're not. I, I don't want to talk about relegation from the championship, please. Please. Ugh. They've 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 done visit Florida very wrong this year, I'll put it that way, um, as have all my teams. Um, but, but but still, <laughs> if if you don't live in Florida, visit us. We, we don't bite. You know, no, that's, we, no, I can't prom- We can't promise that. Okay, okay. Um, if if you work at a Wendy's, you might get bitten by uh, alligators flying through your drive-through window. <laughs> but uh, that was one time, and uh, Phil wasn't promise, proud of it. We promise it. I promise it won't happen again. It wasn't actually me. It was in South Florida. Um, but yeah, that... follow a Florida man on Twitter. Um, you, you'll, it's, it's always a, it's always a hoot. Um, don't forget uh, as well. Um, I don't know if it's gone live yet. Um, follow Zach for announcements on the Orlando Pinstripe post night at the Magic game in April. Um, definitely sign up for that. Should be a good time. Zach, I'm sure will make a cameo. I'll probably tag along and make a cameo as well. We love meeting our followers. Um, as long as they don't yell at us um, for things that we write, um, if you want to, if you want to compliment us, um, we're happy to meet you. If you want to insult us, well, keep that on Twitter. Twitter's cool for that. Um, other than that, Zach, anything else you want to you want to squeeze in here before we, we close shop? Um, well, it, the first half of the season was was good. It, it was it was generally a fun time, and there there was some very good basketball some very bad basketball but that's what we expected and at the end of the day you know the magic are are improving and and that's really what matters um in the long run so we'll uh we'll get back into the swing of things here we've uh we're ironing some things out and of course you can see both of our our work aside from magic stuff at at Orlando Sports Daily, which Phil is, is working very diligently with. He's he's doing a lot of great stuff over there with the Orlando Solar Bears, you, any UCF sport, really. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll be contributing there. And if you didn't hear already, you'll be able to see some of my work in the Orlando Sentinel coming up soon. Yeah. So that's something that I know I'm looking forward to. So, um a lot of a lot of good things will be coming from the the two of us in the coming months. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, gotta grow that personal brand hashtag brand. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of good stuff going on. Uh, again, uh, just to piggy, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the the cue to promote myself a little bit there too. You can also find me. I write a little bit for Hardwood Proxism. I know Zach. Do you still write a little bit for Friendly Bounce? I'm just gonna going to assume you do. Um, I yeah, I, I, I tried to when I'm when you, you have know. time. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always there's only 24 hours in a day. It sucks. Um, there should be so much more. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're all over the place. Um, if you like if you like my writing, definitely check out Orlando Sports Daily. I'm trying to cover uh, all the teams in the Orlando area. Um, you know, Orlando City, Orlando Solar Bears, Orlando Predators, UCF. I do so I do put some magic thoughts on there as well. Um, when my writers cover stuff that I don't get a chance to get to, um, I'll, I'll throw stuff up on there as well. Um, so pretty much everything you want to know about what's going on in the city beautiful, uh, you can find there. Um, and as always, visit our sites, orlandomagicdaily.com and 
Zach.com. We've gone nearly 90 minutes here, Zach. We could probably talk for another 90, but I think it's time to close shop. We laughed. We cried. We, you know, did some things we might regret. Um, but uh, I think I think, I think think we'll be okay. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, nobody nobody hates us after this. So Yeah, yeah. Well, video or it didn't happen. That's, that's what I always say. Uh, and so since this is completely audio, it didn't really happen. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, you can follow us uh, at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and OrlandoPinstripePost.com. I'm at, Oma- at OmagicDaily on Twitter. Uh, Zach, what's, what's your Twitter account real, real fast while I look it up? Uh, um, at Zach Oliver NBA is my, my personal. And then the uh, Pinstripe Post account is at OPPMagicBlog. Perfect. With that, we'll close shop. Thanks again for listening to this uh, very long and overdue edition of Orlando Magic, not that live. Uh, We'll see you next Thursday for our live show uh, on the trade deadline. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.